As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match, with indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Um, it is extremely expensive to reach consensus to see, to say, this is the transaction that happened and then this transaction happened. So writing on the database is what gives you, um, is, is enabled by having consensus. That getting consensus, if it is distributed consensus, Uh, where there is no central party orchestrating mm -hmm. everything is extremely expensive. So you are either doing it because for whatever reason, the data that you are keeping on the database needs to be on the database, on the blockchain. The opinions expressed in this podcast do not necessarily reflect the opinion of Arcos Global Advisors or its advisors. The mention of different asset types or securities do not constitute a recommendation for our clients. If you have any questions about the content of this podcast, please contact your advisor. In this episode of Navigating Bitcoin's Noise, I'm joined by Pablo Fernandez, who is a software developer at Swan Bitcoin. Pablo shares why coding is a powerful and important modern skill to learn. In our chat, we talk about lightning basics, on-chain and off-chain transactions, as well as the choices and sacrifices devs face when dealing with blockchains and second layers. If you're looking to better understand Bitcoin's past and its future potential as an economic network, then join us and listen in. All right, thanks everybody for joining today. I have with me Pablo Fernandez, who is the head of R&D at Swan Bitcoin. Uh, he's a Bitcoin developer working on Lightning and, and kind of running all the uh, front end of the curve research and whatnot for Swan. So Pablo, if you can maybe tell everybody a little bit about yourself and then we'll get rolling uh, on the topic of Lightning. Absolutely. A pleasure. Pleasure to be talking to you. Thanks for having me here. Um, so yeah, my, my background, I've been, a, I've been a software developer since I have memories. Uh, I started learning um, about binary system when I was six years old. And I was absolutely uh, outstanding. By, by the fact that you could count in different bases. Um, I started developing very, very early on. When I was 11 years old, I started playing with, uh, with Linux. Uh, I started 
playing with uh, C programming. Um, and I fell in love with the idea that the, the mail email client that we had uh, in Linux when I was 11, but it was horrible, horrible, horrible. It used to crash all the time. And I started thinking, what happens if I try to create my own? I, and I thought, okay, I know I won't be able to create my own email client, but I want to know why I'm not able to create my own email client. So uh, I started just implementing POP3, which is an email protocol. And I, it turned out that I could implement an email client and I released it as open source. And I, yeah, I maintained that project for five or six years. It became really, really successful. And that was my foray into, into software development, um, open source, maintaining open source projects is a completely different beast. And yeah, I've been in love with, um, with software development ever since. <laughs> That's awesome. So, um, in a lot of ways, just a boy genius. Um, not, I mean, <laughs> there's probably more than we think, but not many out there that are getting into coding and development at, at age six and 11. Um, that's, pretty I cool. think, I, I think software development is very intuitive. Um, and the, the very nice thing about writing software is that you can allow your kid, I'm a, I'm a father now. So I, I think it, it's super interesting because you can allow your kid to just play and see what they can build. Whereas if they are, you know, playing with a hammer or something like that, you need to be more careful. But with a computer, you can just give them the computer and just allow them to do whatever they want. And that's a very good point. I've said a number of times to people with younger kids before me, I was like, if you want to teach them anything, teach them code. It would be like me and you not learning to read and write uh, in the eighties, um, because uh, absolutely, yeah, yeah. More... I think I, I think learn, learning to code uh, it 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 allows you to think in a very structured way, and when you're coding, you have to think of all the corner cases. You have to think very uh, sequentially and logically, um, and yeah, I think it's it's sort of like writing. I mean, in a way, it is writing. But to me, I also double in writing. Um, and what I what I notice is that writing an argument uh, allows you to understand the argument in a much deeper way than to, if you're just thinking about it. Yeah, and that, originally in in college, I went through computer science and. We'll definitely say after going through a couple of years of that, because um, you have to start to think in algorithms and it changed the way I fundamentally looked at the world after that, because it, it teaches you a different set of communication. And then now that more things have got integrated and machines have taken over more and software runs more of our lives, you, you understand the logic behind how the software is supposed to work and how the things that it's supposed to do. Whereas if if you don't have really that background, you don't have to be a developer or, you know, be proficient in coding to kind of build those skills. And I think for our kids today, that will be more important. And I think also that's kind of one of the crucial points of, of Bitcoin and understanding how the logic and how the algorithm works. And in the future, that's probably how our money starts to flow more so than it does today. Yeah. I, I sometimes think that, in a, in a hyper-Bitcoinized world, uh, if everything goes according to, to plan, if you will, uh, I, I imagine our descendants looking back and studying how fiat worked, mm -hmm. saying, how did that even, that makes no sense. Why would people, for, for them, it would be as foreign as burning witches or something like that. <laughs> right, right. Well, and that that's to get us, you know, on the main point of, of lightning here. You know, if you look at the history of money and this latest last leg of the history of money with gold as the collateral asset, 
in the Great Depression, gold couldn't move around the world fast enough to match people's needs, wants, and desires. So that it create this thing, this second layer to that base layer, the second layer U.S. dollars is fiat currencies on top of the gold. And, and that's kind of where if we say that Bitcoin is digital gold, it works a great new invention, but it doesn't move around the world fast enough. You can't do, can't really do payments. Um, you know, in times of congestions, the fees weren't cheap enough to make it better alternative than you might have in a developed country. So you need this second layer uh, to maintain the stability and security of the first layer, just like gold. Uh, you need the second layer of lightning. So maybe you can tell us uh, listeners a little bit about why there's that set second layer, what lightning is, if they don't know, and just a, a basis of it. And then we'll get into some other questions. Yeah, absolutely. So the way the way Bitcoin works, when you are using Bitcoin, you need to broadcast your transactions. Uh, so when you're paying someone, you need to tell the whole network that you're paying that, that person. Um, and that payment needs to be recorded in in the in what we, it's called the, the blockchain but it's what we call a, a ledger and that transaction has to be maintained in perpetuity for by every single computer that is running bitcoin so we need to either sacrifice the amount of payments that can be recorded on the base chain or we need to uh, sacrifice uh, decentralization. So if you need to keep every single transaction that every human being is doing every single day on a, on a blockchain, running a computer that has enough capacity to have all those transactions would be so expensive that only a company like Visa, MasterCard, Fed, businesses like that will be able to run. I wouldn't be able to run that kind of database in my home. So we need to sacrifice one of the two things. And that's why Bitcoin keeps uh, a small block. That's what uh, the war that we had in 2017. And Lightning is created as a way to circumvent that uh, space limitation so that we can keep decentralization. But at the same time, we can do fast uh, payments without having to record every single time someone makes a payment. And the way to illustrate what Lightning is, is I think the best analogy out there is the idea of going to a bar and you just keep a tab. So you go to the bar, you order something, and you say, at the end of the day, you give me basically an addition of everything I've spent and we settle after the night is over. Um, so when using Lightning, two people, two nodes, create what's called a channel. And they exchange perfectly valid Bitcoin transactions that at any point, either one of the people in the in, in the channel can go to the, the Bitcoin blockchain and they can take the money that is theirs. So there is a very uh, big misconception that Lightning is IOUs, and that's exactly what we want to completely obliterate. We don't want Bitcoin IOUs. We want Bitcoin, or we don't want, we don't want money IOUs. We want money. Um, so Lightning is not Bitcoin IOUs because you have the perfect possibility of at any point getting that money. You don't depend on anyone. You don't require permission from any company to do a withdrawal or anything like that. You always hold that possibility of getting the, the Bitcoin on base chain. So that's basically what it, Lightning is. Uh, and so two things there, it's similar structure to what we know what we're comfortable with, 
but it is an improvement on the IOU feature because there's always that actual Bitcoin locked in the channel. Yeah, and I I'll say, I'll say that that uh, it's 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 not an IOU at all. So it's not an improvement on an IOU because it's not an IOU. It's it's Bitcoin that has not been broadcasted yet. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So like, whereas in the IOU world, there there is no gold hinged to that IOU. There is no channel that has a certain amount of gold that allows those transactions. So in the improvement would be that it's IOU like in that you can spin back and forth, but it's all based in, and that's kind of gets to the other part of the question, the difference between on-chain and off-chain. So it allows you to let the base layer of the network do its thing, but not get bogged down with all the many transactions that could happen off outside of it. Yeah, yeah, that that's completely correct, and it it's uh, the, the the brilliant thing is that it doesn't have the requirements or the permission from anyone. Your counterparty they might disagree that you are going to base chain, but there's nothing you can do because the moment you send or receive a payment, it's final. For for anybody that might be relatively new or even been in a little while, there's always just mentally that like struggle when you come across on chain off chain. Maybe explain. I know we just did explain that, but just like on chain yeah. means X, off chain means Y. Yeah. So on chain means it's recorded on every single copy of the ledger. So the ledger is this one database that is distributed across thousands and thousands and thousands of nodes. It's this ledger that we want to maintain as Bitcoin. Is, is still alive, that ledger needs to be kept by every single person. So that means on-chain. And that's why we need to protect the amount of data that we are saving on that database, because this database will only continue to grow. As Bitcoin keeps, keeps working, this database only keeps growing. It will not be deleted. It will not be compacted. It, it will just keep growing. So we need to protect what information we're keeping there off chain is whatever is not on chain basically so it can be lightning it can be um i i hand you my private key so bitcoin is based on public private key cryptography so if i give you my private key now you are the owner of that bitcoin that has not been represented anywhere i'm just giving you uh, hand in hand i'm just giving you a key that that would be an off-chain transaction. Um, there are yeah, infinite number of uh, of different ways, and you can do an off off-chain transaction. Lightning is to one of them. And and lightning makes it easier in in the realm of allowing the masses. Uh, it's still a little bit difficult for the average person, but in this nature of a growing financial system, it makes it easier to use. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, lightning lightning makes it. Uh, <laughs> Lightning will make it easier to use. Lightning is, is um, extremely hard to use still. Um, yeah. I mean, you need to understand what you're doing, basically. Um, mm -hmm. It's not that hard, but we shouldn't require people to study for a few hours for them to be able to use money. Um, mm -hmm. We want to build systems that are robust, are self-custodial, are empower the individual, but at the same time, they don't require a PhD on, on cryptography uh, for them to be able to pay for coffee. Yeah, and one point you made a second ago about the database side, and, and that's one of the knocks on 
other or, or just blockchain, you know, just the term um, in reality, it's a terrible database. So the, the databases that we use in public for our data and, and, you know, that we interact with on the web and whatnot are much more efficient than like a quote unquote blockchain database because they're clunky and slow. And, you know, that's why lightning kind of gives that improvement to Bitcoin's blockchain. Yeah. You, yeah, it introduces velocity, velocity of money. Yeah. So yeah, what you were saying, blockchains are just a type of database. Uh, they have a huge overhead um, that you really, really, really need to have a really good justification to utilize that extreme overhead. Basically, what the blockchain gives you is this possibility uh, of having some sort of distributed consensus. Um, it is extremely expensive to reach consensus to see to say this is the transaction that happened and then this transaction happened. So writing on the database is what gives you um, is is enabled by having consensus. That getting consensus, if it is distributed consensus. Uh, where there is no central party orchestrating mm -hmm. everything is extremely expensive. So you are either doing it because for whatever reason, the data that you are keeping on the database needs to be on the database, on the blockchain. Uh, if that data needs to be... Um, needs to be able to withstand an adversarial attack, then... It would make sense to not have your database depend on, on Amazon Web Services or something like that. The other really good use case for blockchains is to just create something out of thin air and say that you're creating new technology and it's all a mirage, it's all nothing. You could say that that Lightning, uh, this past year, past year and a half, Lightning really came on the scene in terms of like full-fledged starting to see adoption um maybe you talk a little bit about if, if you've seen any of the charts of the just massive growth of lightning nodes you know, some interactive charts where they kind of start in this this network mesh network just just morphs out into this big thing and then maybe where some of this could lead in in say maybe two or three years versus where it is today yeah so lightning has been growing uh extremely extremely quickly um, in the past, uh, so Lightning started for real around 2018, um, but it started to wrap up in the past two years or so. Um, around two years ago, it was there was a, a meme um, among Lightning developers called Recle hashtag Reckless, um, which meant, uh, yeah, it's very likely that if you put funds here, you're gonna lose them. Uh, so careful. Um, the the amount of uh, of Bitcoin you could place on a on a channel um, it used to be capped uh, at a relatively low amount of um, of Bitcoin, um, so it was extremely extremely still uh, experimental. It now it's not as experimental. I'll, I'll say it's not mature yet. It's been growing uh, extremely extremely fast, and there are. Many use cases that Lightning enables that are either not possible uh, before uh, before Lightning. So the idea of having a payment on Bitcoin that has final settlement immediately, it's just it's just not possible um, because you can always double spend a payment uh, on Bitcoin until it has confirmations on the blockchain. So 
this idea of going to a coffee shop or to the grocery stores and paying with Bitcoin on chain and you pay and you just leave, um, it, it, it never was real because mm -hmm. you can just leave and then you can just uh, double spend the what, what you paid and you double spend to an address that you control and you basically got coffee or a grocery shop for free. And that's because um, usually it takes with like at minimum 30 minutes or an hour for that first transaction to truly partially get confirmed. Yeah, so so the way Bitcoin works is it, it has all these blocks uh, that are built on top of each other. Um, so the first block is usually good enough, but you always want some certainty that that block is not going to be abandoned by the blockchain. Mm -hmm. Usually, um, the uh, payment payment receivers will demand for three between three and six confirmations. So on average, that would be around 30 to 60 minutes. Um, if you want to stay at the coffee shop just on the line waiting for 30 minutes, <laughs> that's probably not the best the best user experience. And I don't, I don't think quite, our, quite a line. I don't think our Twitter brains can handle that. Yeah, exactly. Um, whereas, whereas with Lightning, once the payment is received uh, and it's usually within seconds, maybe less than a second, but yeah, it's it's almost instant, um, and it, it's a fi it's final settlement once you receive that. So there are some use cases that, uh, besides the micropayments, which um, are also interesting in different ways. Besides that, there are some um, some use cases uh, like value for value and stuff like that that you would simply not be able to do with uh, without Lightning. From a fee perspective. A lot of that is determined by network congestion and, and all that sort, or, or on the lightning side, whatever, someone sets their fees to a channel. And then ultimately that payment, you may use two or three other people or however many people in between you and the end, end receiver. Um, how does that look from a fee perspective? And then what might happen in the event that your payment fails? Is that still a problem or... You know, what does that look like? Yeah, pay, pay, payments still do still fail. Um, it depends. It depends on where you're paying from and what where you're paying to. Um, usually, if you're paying to someone that sort of knows what they're doing or using infrastructure that uh, whoever's operating operating that infra knows what they're doing, payments will not fail. Um, I happened to run into one uh, website yesterday that I was trying to use um, and my payment kept failing. I looked into it and it had only one channel. Um, the channel had very low capacity, which meant that my payment was kept failing and failing and failing. Um, there is no risk of you trying to pay something um, and yeah, the whoever's routing it uh, going away with the with the fees that they were going to earn without writing, routing your payment. There, there is no risk like that. There are still some risks on Lightning Network, um, but they are not, uh, from a user standpoint, they are, they're like from a, especially a, a sender standpoint, there are no, no, no real risks. Uh, there are a few theoretical risks, but um, it's not like you can try to pay someone and they will uh, just run away with your sats and you will get a failure on the right. payment and they they did get the the, the money that's so, that's just cannot happen 
So if we're so if you've got a store and you've got your QR code up and I just scan it, that payment goes direct to your because you're running a lightning node. So they're we're not hopping through any other channels, right? We're just going from me to you. Uh, depends. If you and me have a channel, then yes, it's just you and me. No one even knows that that payment happened. It's, it's just so if, you and me. There is no writing, no nothing. So if we don't have a channel, that's where I might pay through some other channel that does kind of like a, a cell tower network where it just hops around until yeah, or like an internet ISP, like it hops around until finally it reaches you. So in that event, if one of my paths, because you and I don't have a direct path, for whatever reason, uh, fails and I've already walked away or do I have to stand there until, which is generally a matter of seconds, I have to stand there until you receive it and basically confirm it. Um, is that correct? Or You will, as the sender, you are the one constructing the whole path for all the payments that you're sending. Um, so if the payment fails, you will know uh, I maybe I will not even see anything like uh, me as the receiver of the payment. I will just see that the payment I have not received the payment for what for whatever mm -hmm. reason. But you will you will see that the payment fail, um, and it could be you know a capacity issue, could be a routing issue, a timeout, whatever. Um, so so yeah, as a sender, reasons. then I need to just make sure that it's received. And as a receiver, there's some delay where you where it's slightly different than kind of in a traditional manner because you just swipe your visa and walk off. Right. And if... I mean, that's where, that's where we are going, right? Like yeah. that's where, where lightning is, is definitely going. Um, right. In, in a, in many ways, that's sort of where we are. Um, mm -hmm. It sort of depends on how good your node is. Um, you know, how good your capacity, how well connected you are. Is it just like one channel running on Tor uh, yeah. or is it on ClearNet? That kind of stuff. And of course, the, the sender, um, same thing. Uh, what's the, their capacity, uh, how connected they are. But whenever I pay something using Lightning, usually in less than one second, I have confirmation yeah. that the payment has been sent. And, and the point, kind of the question you hear is that... Um not really picking apart the failure, but we tend to lose perspective of where we are because the internet just works. Netflix just works. Um, our cell phones generally just work. You still have dead zones and drop calls, but there were those periods in the early, you know, early periods of those innovations, the late eighties, early nineties, where the internet didn't work or the internet works sporadically, or your email took 48 hours to get there or Netflix timed out because there wasn't enough bandwidth or, you know, your cell phone dropped every third call. But we today are like, well, this thing just works. Why doesn't lightning just work like that? But the reality is it's three to four years old and it's still in that incubator kind of like you've got to find your own path or, you know, you got to make sure that your ISP is connected to another ISP that will kind of get you to where you want to go. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if we were to say that with Bitcoin, we are on the equivalent of like maybe 1995 or 1997 of, of internet adoption, with Lightning, we're like in the 70s. Mm -hmm. <laughs> we are still still exploring. Uh, we are still figuring things out. There are some 
still some things that we um yeah we made this cal stanford university connection but we're still working on the rest yeah exactly exactly (laughs) uh but but i'm 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 extremely bullish like i think everybody's quite bullish on on where lightning is going um -hmm. i i think i think um the future for for lightning in the next two four five years um it's going to be just absolutely insane it's mm-hmm. the the ux when it works well the ux mm-hmm. is so so good um the stuff that is being worked on uh it's just amazing mm-hmm. um the um, there's work being done on a, on a way to share uh your your lightning balance and channels and state uh, across multiple applications so that you could use your podcasting app. You could use just any piece of software that you want that might benefit from having some kind of um, idea of value exchange um, in a way that it shares um, the, that balance. So you don't have to think about, oh, I have my 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 podcasting balance and I have my, you know, my uh, mash balance, uh, value for value application. Um, I have my my wallet for this, my wallet for that. You can ha- just have one thing and it shares everything and it's always self-custodial and it always works. Um, there are many things coming down the, the, the pipeline, but yeah, still a lot, of, a lot of work to be done. So would it be fair to say, um, if we think about the old internet versus the new internet, that's the way I try to look at this. Um, when the internet was created, it was just about getting text from one university to the next. They got that. When they were doing that, they weren't thinking about audio, video, e-commerce, social media, all this stuff that we have today. And over 30 years, we got all those things. So we're just at that point where we never thought we'd be sending value over the internet. I mean, you could argue that in the traditional financial system with with credit cards, you're sending money over the network because those are communicating, but not really in this manner. Um, So this is just the next evolution of the internet where we'll be sending value. So if TCP IP was the base and email was the lightning, if you say that Bitcoin is the TCP IP and lightning is the email, is that a fair kind of yeah, assessment? Yeah, that's, that's absolutely a, a fair assessment. Um, when, uh, it's just a just sudden addendum, when HTTP, the specification of HTTP, which is web browsing, um, when HTTP was written, there are a bunch of, um, when your browser communicates with a server, it exchanges a bunch of data, right? So it says, I want to see the website that is on page, blah, 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 mm-hmm. blah. And it sends the data and it says, I can understand English and I can use do this and this and this and this. Um, and the server, then they can respond with, oh yeah, the website that you're looking for, it moved here. So it sends a 302 code or the website is having problems. So it sends a 503 code. And there is a payment, a code that is 402. 402. That is, it's been, it's described as payment required, but it was never mm-hmm. specified what that meant. It's just right. that you needed to pay to access the website, but we were never, never able to figure out what that meant right <laughs> because bitcoin, bitcoin didn't exist at, at all um but the idea of exchanging value is obviously super super useful right and it, yeah. it's so obvious but it's so hard <laughs> mm-hmm. that we figured okay let's write this code and let's figure out what that means later and it's yeah it's been taking us a few the, decades but we're getting there 
that for it well i mean if you look at all the different pieces right each piece kind of took a decade you know in the in the 2000s we sort of had an amalgamation of three pieces but really most of that was attempted in the 90s and failed because again the the legwork wasn't there but that 402 code is is the most interesting because if you have the tcpip the base layer of just the traditional internet that we all know and use every day and we have no idea how it works uh, but it routes through the different nodes just like lightning payment or lightning channels do without thinking about it and your failures are few and far between i mean you might a page might fail here or there once a day but most of it just goes through but to access that 402 component you truly needed a new network and you're not just going to tear the whole thing down and start over so you sort of did that but you kind of used bitcoin as a way to do that and just integrate on top of what's already there and then yeah yeah once- absolutely i mean the the cypherpunks have been working on this idea of digital cash a bearer asset yeah. uh, a, a digital bearer asset they had been working on this for decades so mm-hmm. I could understand the idea of when you're writing when you're writing the specification for HTTP to um, keep a, a, an HTTP code for okay whenever this is this problem is solved we'll just use this code. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think Bitcoin was the what fourth or fifth iteration of digital. Cash. Oh man, yeah, there were so many different iterations, but they always had the issue of had to have an issuer and had to be centralized in in some mm-hmm. way. Um, this idea of creating a, a time time stopping service that could say this is the right order in which this happened. Um, there was no way to solve that issue. Um, yeah. So it, the, you always require some entity saying this is the truth. This is what happened. The, uh, Bob paid Alice, and then Alice mm-hmm. did X. You know? As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply.
With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.